everyone, and welcome back to Get a Clue with Lex and M. I'm Lex. And I'm M. <laughs> um, welcome if it's your first time listening. We're so happy to have you. Um, so today we are starting off our episode on a different um, note as normal. I feel like we typically are very giggly and we're always laughing into it. Um, yeah. And that will be the case again in the future. But today we definitely wanted to shine a light on our platform on what is happening in our world today, especially in America, and that is the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement in the wake of the horrible killing of George Floyd um, on May 25th of this year. Uh, His death did not happen, it should never have happened. And um, because of that, there's been a big light on pr- police brutality, on how we can defund the police and redistribute those funds to areas of our community that need it most. Um, and just also just starting a conversation in America that some have been having all their lives and some yeah. haven't. And that's how we tackle racism, how we recognize racism in our lives and in our actions and how we unlearn any racist tendencies we may have and move on to learn you know the true history and the pain that black people have experienced in america due to systemic racism um so emily i wanted to have this discussion with each other and on on air as we like to say on air Um, on air but we felt it was important Um, yeah i think No, Lex said it perfectly, but I think um, this show has always, um, it was very much started at the root of just, um, you know, a passion project, so to speak, and um, something that I really value in Lexi and I's friendship is that we can always confide in each other and we keep it real and we are growing up together in a lot of ways. And this is kind of a moment in time that... um, feels not only pertinent to talk about, but to also um, talk about how we're going to be a part of the change um, and what we see and both as a generation, but even um, I know it for me, just in my own learning and reflecting and um, time to just sit with this over the past couple of weeks, it's really um, taught me the value of just also starting small and starting with yourself as well. So I think we're going to dig into a lot of that today. And then later on in the episode, we're joined by our um, former or our sorority sister, always everlasting. Like, what's the deal on that? There's a cheese ball as it sounds. I feel like it's forever. <laughs> it's forever. Yeah. No. First, oh, not sorry. Other that was another sorority lingo. Um, okay. I. Um, we're joined later in the episode by our UF sorority sister, Camille Respez. Camille is a college journalist um, and had the amazing opportunity last week to join um, a college roundtable on NBC's Meet the Press, talking about um, the current state of America, systemic racism, um, and the injustices that Black people have been facing and I think she just did she's so um she's just such a joy to talk to so I think that's where you will feel our innate get a clue spirit she definitely aligned with just sharing um 
such a hopeful message for all the change that's to come, as well as a lot of what she'd like to see on her own college campus come fall. So that was really fun to sit down with. She is a great guest. So I'm super excited to have her on our show. Yeah. And I guess moving forward with our um, own discussion, there was an account I came across today and immediately hit follow because I was like, I love what um, she puts out there. It's called at Alex underscore L. We'll we'll tag her in the bio as well. You know, anyone that we mention, we'll put up. And basically, she's been posting lots of self-motivational posts um, for those involved in wanting the significant change um, in our lives today, indirectly, you know, affected by systemic racism. So there's one that stuck with me that said, pay attention to the people who say they're going to show up and the people who actually do. So I guess like the conversation I wanted to get started with us was how do you plan to continuously advocate for black lives and dismantle um, white supremacy? Um, I feel like weeks ago, if I were to ask that question, it'd be like, huh? Like, yeah, <laughs> but that's part of what's, yeah. you know, so important about this, these past weeks is like what we've deemed as like difficult conversations we're having them and hopefully passing down that these shouldn't be difficult conversations. No, I think completely. And I mean, it's just such a, um, interesting moment in time for a lot of reasons. A lot of us are home. A lot of us are with our families. A lot of us are maybe displaced from your normal day to day. So, um, I think at the forefront of this, it's really easy to kind of have that first instance of, um, confusion or fear and just, sadness right like we we what we saw in the case of george floyd and the case of many other names brianna taylor Ahmaud arbery um so many others it just is this pounding feeling that i know in many ways maybe i myself cannot feel um but i just look at and empathize for so much knowing the pain of what is really at the core of that which i think is at the core of where a lot of our education has been rooted at this time Um, and for me, I think it's just been, you know, I have to applaud social for, uh, keeping a very, um, pressing pulse on this at all times and really like embracing a lot of the conversations. And I know this is a sentiment that's been felt. So I hope my own thoughts don't just feel like they're coming from a million posts you guys have already seen on the internet, but, um, something that resonated, sorry, resonated with me is just really that it's about the work and someone I really look up to in my life, um, who, um, is just kind of like a female leader in marketing. Like she was a mentor to me. Um, she wrote a post last week that really just kind of touched me and, you know, advocated that people really commit to the change that they say they want to see, but in tangible and real ways, um, that are actually going to, fight for the racial injustice that black people experience every day. Um, And I think for me, that really struck a chord of just looking at my own life and looking kind of like at a micro level at the places and people and the experiences I touch every day and where I can stand up and stand against injustices on that basis, but also from a more long-term stance of just, I want to be an ad an ally, an advocate for change as long as I can live and I'm able to have my place and impact on this world. Um, And it's, it's humbling. It makes you kind of like 
to me, just put yourself in the shoes of another person, even though you'll never walk a mile in their life, um, their own life, I mean. Uh, it just, it puts everything into perspective and just like the preciousness that is, um, you know, life on this planet. I don't know how else to say it other than it's just been, it's been about the work. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, and I guess like coming from a personal uh, point is that, you know, my mom's black and my dad's white. Yeah. That's like the baseline. And, you know, growing up, it was always, I mean, if you've seen like any of the posts this past week of like explanations of microaggressions, that yeah. was a term I didn't even know existed until college maybe and like yeah. barely even then and with that it's a lot of you know there's such deep you know meaning to it but yeah from surface level microaggressions can be as simple as saying you know oh you you sound white or you know well you're barely black you like things like away. that yeah and I think what really struck me this week in these past weeks was just that for so many years I mean it's upsetting to even like revisit it in my own mind but I feel like I just never truly I just didn't feel like I had an identity when it came to race just because you know it's it was always feeling like well I'm black my dad's white I grew up in a predominantly white community. I wasn't treated as a white person. You know, I definitely, especially with this kind of resurgence of all these feelings, I feel like I suppressed and like these experiences, I honestly blacked out in my life. It's like, I've been living in this. I just honestly was, I think, too naive or too passive to really address them in light, especially in like middle school and high school. It's just, I just unfortunately wasn't a part of my thought process on how to handle those situations yeah obviously you go back and you want to change the past you can't but I think you'd appreciate this or find it interesting um the day or so after George Floyd um died I had this dream where I like couldn't find my ID wow oh you know me I I am a tarot witch by night, let me tell yeah, you. And, and that is like, a sign from the angels. <laughs> and it was, a, and again, like, a, like I never truly, like, remember my dreams like that or nightmare. Because, yeah. honestly, it was I was treated like I'd lost my child. Like, I was like, I can't find my ID. I can't find my ID. And, like, of course, mm-hmm. in my head, I'm thinking it's my, like, ID card. And it's right on my bedside. Like, it's right next to me. Like, yeah. it's not even, like, lost. Like, it's in my room. Wow. But it's still, it's such a pressing feeling when you wake up. It feels like so real. Yeah. And I was just like, that, like, that was, if anything, a freaking sign to be like, you, you need to, you found your identity. Like, you are a black woman. And there are so many reasons to be proud of that. And, um, I think a lot of people's stories and a lot of, um, just, just all these voices coming out, you know, speaking out and um, being advocates for this movement. It like, it truly inspired me. And I was like, it's sad that it didn't, I didn't get the kick in the butt sooner. Not to say I didn't feel 
heart like wrench when you know Trayvon Martin was killed and yeah. um all those events in Ferguson and um we discussed this later with Camille you, it's like something yeah. was different it lit the flame for what is an empowered kind of like embrace to this movement and the Black Lives Matter movement unlike anything we've seen before and it's just both historic but very moving to witness and to be a part of in you know impactful ways as much as we can and it's it's I think and at the core of this too we're two 22 year old girls you know just like learning and coming into our own so I think those races to find your identity are and journeys I mean to find your identity are just as um important and I that's amazing thank you for sharing that because I know that is meaningful to you yeah, no, it was, I mean, I was sobbing about it to my mom. I was like, mom, I think I have. Do you like- remember, I'm going to bring up a story now. Um, oh, gosh. Do you remember the psychic we went to? Bernadette? Oh, Bernadette. What she said? <laughs> oh, well, she told Didn't me. Didn't she say you were going to be involved in some kind of movement? Did she? I think I... <laughs> I think you got the wrong end of that stick deal. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, because she oh we we've but discussed she, it. I have our I have my reading with her recorded and I she also told me some garbage things too. So I don't know. I just remember she, probably she hears told me I was right shallow, which I definitely have tried to fix that since I no, seen her. That's I was silly. like But oh, yeah. Oh, I need to try and go back to see if I can think about Bernadette. Lovely. I lady. think I think she told you there was some movement and being a part of a movement like real social change is what she was getting at that's what I took of it I thought about it the other night I was gonna tell you but I was like (laughs) if I come to her with psychic reading like mirages that I like made up you'll literally kill me but oh no I I just want to say thank you for helping me through because I know I've been a bit of a you know just balance has been thrown off um Man, this is life. I don't, I, I don't take it. I, I appreciate you saying that, but you don't ever have to, um, you don't ever have to apologize and you don't ever have to think twice. This is, this is part of being present and today and growing up and I'm happy to be by your side for it as much as I can experience and have the opportunity to experience with you. I love you. So. Well, that's interesting, I guess, that you brought up the Bernadette thing because or the thing that brought that stuck in my mind when I saw her was that I told her I wanted to be involved with like entertainment or something in New York. I think that's what I said. Cause I truly didn't, I guess, know at that time what specifically I wanted yeah. to do. I, for all I know, I could have said telecom to her and she was like, heck no. And she's kind of right. But anywho, yeah. um, but did she confirm that for you or was she like, no, no, she said no to that. Um, she, she no. shot that down. But maybe, you know, change can come in our own work uh, fields. Yeah. That was something that we also wanted to say was, you know, where where do you see anti-racism change most applicable and needed in your line of work? Which I know, um, I guess I'll jump on this one first yeah. with entertainment. What is your What is your role for new listeners? So, yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, I work at a talent agency in New York, um, which basically the job of the talent agency is to connect the actor to 
any type of acting job or commercial job or, you know, voiceover job, print job. Um, there's different departments. So the department I work under um, handles actors working on Broadway or in film or television. But in entertainment, and especially even though we aren't necessarily casting, like we don't have the power to cast someone in a production, there's yeah. so many aspects um, of just Hollywood and entertainment that Yes, there have been great strides towards more inclusivity, and I think it's definitely praised when it happens, you know, um, like shows like Insecure, where they have, yeah. you know, predominantly Black cast and crew and creative behind them on HBO, and a Black lady sketch show, like things like that, um, where it's applauded and it's great when it happens, but if you truly look at it stacked up to all the other shows getting greenlit um, or in production, the percentages are still way off. And yeah. I think the big uh, topic is how do we get more black storytellers out there? And it's exactly. so much deeper than just getting someone a show. It's like, you know, how I am trying to work my way into the business. I didn't go to a film school. I didn't go to school in New York or LA. So I didn't have that immediate like foot in the door. And if you completely made your seat at the table. Yeah. I I had to try and work my way in there. And, and that's something that again, with the systemic racism that we're, that so many people are unfolding, especially in the entertainment business for anyone that wants to become a performer a lot of the times the road to that endpoint is treacherous for people that, you know, don't have the funds. Like I saw someone break it down today to get into the majority of musical theater programs at, you know, universities, it's, you know, money to apply, money to pay for your flight to go audition. If you get an audition, um, they often don't refund you if you don't and don't say anything. It's like, And then you have to pay for the years of, you know, those schools, which are typically very expensive. And then after that, then you have to go basically struggle as an actor unless you're, you know, you get lucky. So it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a world that um, a lot of change needs to be made, but I've been so just, um, just in awe and have loved seeing a lot of these prominent black performers, you know, Amber Riley from Glee, yeah. Alex Newell from Glee, um, Yvette Nicole Brown, you might know All-time her from Human- favorites. Yeah, like a lot of people are using their platforms, thank God, to, you know, raise awareness and, you know, say like, we have your back. We can't let all these black voices go on her just because they can't afford a plane ticket or like they can't afford fancy training and all that stuff. Um, No. So it makes me so happy to hear too, that if they weren't already before, now they're using this opportunity to really open the door and something I see in your role too. And just like being entry-level associates as we are this Mm -hmm. time and age um you can really serve as like a gatekeeper to awesome opportunity um and i i'm just really empowered by that to actually use that ability to like make change happen and i think um 
something I look across in like kind of fashion and fashion marketing in general, social media. I'm a social media associate for um, a fashion brand. To the extent of my job, I really think too, and a valuable source of information I think is using more of pay parity metrics and really making it transparent how much models should be paid, how much talent should be paid, like make everyone's work and like the steps to get there approachable for everyone. You know, it shouldn't just be insider secrets or to know someone to know someone, but to really make it just a clear, and I'm sure a lot of the same metrics can be used in um, entertainment as well. Oh my gosh. I wrote it down more just so like my thought was clear in it, but to be open and transparent and your own industry so everyone has the same chances as at success as you did or maybe someone before you did you know um right. it's just it's really powerful and um we we need we need diverse voices so that storytelling whether it be fashion and marketing and like that sort of realm or entertainment so that these stories can be told um and i think it's a really uh, you know there's so much i think change in our generation that we're going to get to witness, but it's cool to be still starting our lives and being at the forefront of that as well. Mm -hmm. That's funny you brought up that phrase like, oh, you have to know someone or like whatever Yeah, that's just been the assumed sense of you got to know someone to know someone to like get your foot in the door. Yeah. um, The amount of times I was told that and now looking back, I'm like, hmm, did you tell that to everyone you've heard that says like this yeah. is their dream? Um, but oh, that like would get me for months, uh, yeah. especially post grad, because I was just like, well, heck, I just went to school for four years. Yeah, I don't have a specific yeah. major in this, but half of these people don't either. It's yeah, you no, know, but I have to know someone to know like someone's daughter's cousin. Yeah. It's crazy, but that's been, you know, that's been the truth for so long. It's like, chances are Joe Schmo, who, you know, is the son of the CEO to the company is going to get that position before you, even though you have twice as much experience because he's Joe Schmo. And that's the beauty of what I hope sticks with today and, you know, these changes and what's being brought to light is like, if Joe Schmo's dad wants to try and do that, there's going to be plenty of other people under him saying, you better not. Yeah. You know, they're going to want true transparency on that. And hopefully that's Joe just- Schmo. We're coming for you. Joe Schmo's, <laughs> Joe Schmo's over. Sorry, Joe, Joe Schmo is over. And I think something I just really stems from my heart or just how I was raised or kind of like what I've witnessed in my own family and seeing my parents and how they help people and have owned a small business. My dad's a dentist of sorts, but he, they run the business together. And from every day I've seen them working, they always are looking to help people and they're always looking to give opportunities or help to someone that may not be able to seek a treatment or seek an opportunity as well as someone else. And that's just been ingrained in my mind for as long as I seek. And it it makes me excited. I remember sharing that at like a work personality training thing a couple of months ago, but I was like, I'm like, I was like, I love helping people where I can. And now saying it back, I'm like, I hope people don't listen to that. And they're like, fuck if I know you never helped me. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, God. If you do, my DMs are open. It's about conversations y'all, but like slide in um, with a like angry emoji. <laughs> slide in if I have not helped you, but, um, no, I love, um, it, you know, this is a situation and time in 
our country and everything that's far removed from my experience, but I get so much out of filling others' cup up first um, before my own. And it's really, um, it's just a, it's not always the path you choose either too. It's not always like your first choice or guess to help someone else or to maybe make that sacrifice on your own. But um, what a, what a nice kind of legacy and impact to leave when you do. How nice is it to um, share in the same success that you've been able to experience in your lifetime and um, pay it forward and help someone else? Filling up your cup, but then also reaching out to fill up someone else's. I think that's so important. Um, And sometimes it's better to take your full cup and to give your friend half and you take half and then like give that girl a quarter or something like that. I feel like you're somewhat enough white claws to go around. I know. I was gonna say. I feel like you're explaining like you bought a drink at the bar and you're like, "Uh, I really shouldn't finish this. So let me just yeah. (laughs) Give a little. There's there's enough for everyone. Seriously, we we actually talked about that. Um, A lot of that thought process came um, from our episode we recorded last week. There's tons of content coming your way, guys. In June, we're just um, we wanted to come on here first and uh give our take of course um but we talked about that with our friends Anaya and Sunny that how much better and their episode really comprises of a lot of their you know quote-unquote insider tips but because they are empowered by sharing you know their success and how they got there and how to help others and I think that's a beautiful thing and not so much as be worried about our own ego but be on the forefront to helping people and to like enacting change where we see fit too. Yeah, no, it's definitely more than just a trend. And again, there's just so many, like, I've saved so many Instagram um, posts from people, but like for good reason, it's like, I typically would save like a random ab workout that I would never look at again. But like, I've actually like, like, utilized- Paris Hilton and then I send it to you and I'm like, aesthetic. Yeah. (laughs) But like now I've actually been saving like truly helpful helpful, graphics yeah Yeah. graphics resources you know links to black dome black owned businesses um you know resources on just relearning our history that i think was honestly shut out of my education or just left out of a lot of important conversations yeah exactly and then it's like how do i even though again it's like even though we're not in each other's like presence as much as we were pre-COVID. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people are being called to task to have those conversations with their families or, you know, if they're calling their friends on the phone, like, have this conversation. Um, but it's yeah. definitely it's definitely something I, Ugh. you know, I'm taking day by day. I definitely was very in it for the first, mm-hmm. like, three to five days of just, like, I was not looking away from my phone, but I was also trying to act as much as I could through my phone, whether it was donations or signing petitions, but I just could not look away. And I definitely became very just like mentally just low, Um, which I mean, given it is a very heavy, heavy time and like circumstance. Yeah. Circumstance. It's not like I woke up and I'm like, oh, but yeah. I've I've been trying to then learn how to still keep that healthy balance of, you know, journal my feelings, but then also don't 
do still give your time and attention to the voices that need to be heard. Yeah. Or, you know, if there's a cause that needs a petition signed, needs to raise money. I haven't been spending money on Starbucks for months now. I have some, you know, coin to pinch away. Um, Completely. Hopefully your friends have your back. If, if anyone out there is listening and their friends haven't said anything, um, I am a little concerned, I will say, because I don't want to be the one to say you should be posting nonstop because yeah, then you don't want it to become too performative to where are you actually retaining the information you're reposting out there? But then exactly. if someone's been silent since the beginning of this resurgence and don't pick up the them, phone, yeah, yeah like, pick up the phone and call yeah. them. And well, say, hey. whether it's whether it's like ally to ally or friend to friend, however you see fit or the opportunity, like I have felt the most, even in this like podcast conversation, I feel a weight off my shoulders and just like so much better to talk to people and to feel um, movement and change coming within my happening within myself because I'm making it happen here. Um, there's just nothing like picking up a phone if you're a gen z or millennial that still hates phone calls get over it babe like yeah. you're missing out um but there's nothing like both the i've seen a lot of growth and change um just even in the offline conversations i've had whether that be with family whether that's with um maybe friends i don't talk to on a daily basis but they're still important in my life like this has halted people and and to really consider and have these important conversations with each other and I think something too that I saw, and I, I have some notes here. I haven't, I feel like I have not been referencing them as much as I should. So I feel like it would lead to a little bit less rambling, but you guys are used to that. Um, I think something- Very organic. Empower, very organic here. We are 100% USDA organic. Um, always, even when you're, you, I think everyone would be not, maybe you've experienced it in the last week or the last few weeks, but- always take action because whether you think so or not, people will follow your lead. Like whatever you're following is, wherever you stand, whether that is a conversation with your family, whether that is um, sharing a resource that helped you, like really um, something that kind of goes in with my line of work, but also just a passion of mine being social media and, you know, enjoying my presence on there. I know that I can, um, I have a, I wouldn't so much as call it a power right now, but I have a presence and ability to quote unquote influence and communicate things in a way that I know people will listen and people will hear me out or maybe just so far as they're your friend and they trust your opinion. You know what I mean? I'm not saying this is like swapping uh, lip gloss shades or something with your friends, but it's so much as, you know, just being able to know your audience, know your niche, um, and help people join forces and be a part of this change once and for all so that we can move towards this and move against the injustice injustice being done and be able to, you know, celebrate in the fact that we're helping each other, like we said. Yeah. I think if you can at least make your reach out to one person, you're already going above and beyond it's weird because for a moment i was like just sitting back and this was like before covid happened and i'd like look at like you know how people post to social or like what was kind of deemed as important and whatever and it's kind of like how long will this last now get it 
people have already gone back to posting their bikini photos. That's their yeah. prerogative. As long as they took the true pledge to heart, like they posted when they muted themselves, that this isn't going to end after June 7th. Because I think yeah. that was the initial like muting period yeah. for um, non-Black yeah. allies. It was, you know... There, yeah, there was a not... There was a not... I mean, this is just me being, uh, you know perhaps opinionated but objective of what I saw later towards the weekend like Sunday night as it was creeping into Monday June 7th or Monday June 8th I guess mm-hmm. um was I saw a lot of this kind of verbiage online and around uh well you know tomorrow when things go back to normal and don't worry I'm still you know on the lines and I'm like why don't you just enact that and and step into (laughs) that change and not so much and I get it and I you know I I, everyone has a different circumstance and I want to be ultra respectful of whatever way you've felt you've been able to enact change or share resources or be a part of a helpful conversation keep it up and do your thing I'm not going to be here telling you how to do that but um, and I understand people have bigger influencer platforms than my measly 1000 but you know they were just signaling I guess don't think because this is coming up that I don't care, but still at the same rate, it's like, let's just, let's, let's enlighten it. Let's not so much as think it's a step, you know, into the future or the past or the normal or the new normal. It's just yeah, how it is right now. And it's how it's going to need to be to, to see long-term impact. Mm-hmm. It's always been here. The, the, the smoke has cleared for some people. The smoke has cleared. Yeah. Like it's the same before. people that weren't washing their hands three months ago, I think are just now realizing, Hey, there's, there's change to be done. Yeah. No, it's, it, you know, I've seen things where it's like treat racism, like COVID-19 act like you have it. How are you going to prevent from, you know, spreading it to others? And how are you going to, you know, make sure that you become a better person from it. But. I loved Camille's um, aspect, which will be later in the episode, you know, amplifying good personhood and to be good to one another and what that really means. And that instead of being a bystander to racial injustice, like finding yourself more on the front line of how to actually find the change within yourself so that, and this is, I mean, maybe more from my spiritual side, which, you know, take it or leave it. Um, but it, I think there has to be movement within yourself to see and feel and enact movement outside of you. Um, and maybe you're still in that phase. Maybe you're stepping more out to the more something bold or extroverted or whatever that may be. But wherever you are, just um, keep the lights on, put on the gas, as we like to say around here. Yeah. And keep the lights on. Make it happen. Yeah. Keep it going. It's not, I hope people don't think like, well, when we get back to normal, I think it's that, not, no. I threw out that phrase in March or no, in April, because in March I was pretty naively hopeful that we'd be, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah. We all had dreams. <laughs> we really had dreams. But then even now with, um, you know, Black Lives Matter becoming such a prominent um, term and ideology and, you know, practice for yeah. people now that I think was just kind of like, doesn't really, you know, affect me personally. So, mm. I think that was kind of the mentality for some people. Again, not in a way that was meant to be malicious, but I think now we've seen more than ever, like to say nothing is sometimes more harmful than to say something in the opposition. Yeah, Um, yeah, completely. So it's really the time to be a supporter, be an ally, be strong, know 
know your rights if you're going to protest. Um, but then also to just know the respect that black people deserve completely. So thank you guys for listening um, to us discuss this. Um, yeah. It's definitely, you know, it's something like we said, it's these are conversations that on paper may seem difficult and for some depending on their crowd will be but the goal is to make this you know not difficult but necessary and it just should be second nature um for sure so i have every intent that if you've i hope that our show or episode today and moving into our next segment too with our awesome guests but that um perhaps it us being i know for our small audience but for many of you we are friends uh we are um people you know in your life and i think um a conversation can start as small as just someone who loves you and who's there and who's rooting for you and um just know there's um so much power in your voice and what you can do and who you can help amplify um and don't don't ever shy away from it but yeah. um, thank you guys. Thank you, Lexi, for just being so honest and open and sharing both your experiences and helping our audience learn. Um, I think it's just uh, award-winning content right here, if not for anything else, but the gold star in my heart that um, we, we have been a part of this and we're growing through this and I am happy to be here. Yes. And looking forward to the future. I mean, yes. And the future for you guys will be in 30 seconds when we have Camille Respas on. Oh, that was a good transition. (laughs) I'm getting better at it. All right, guys. We'll see you very soon. Well, everyone, welcome back to our show. Get a clue with Lex and M. For those who are new, welcome. We have a very welcome. special guest today, Camille Respez. Hello. Hey. Um, so Camille Respez is actually a sorority sister of Emily and I. We all were a part of the Find You Alpha New chapter at the University of Florida. That's how we've met. And even though we're a couple of grades apart, you know, always stay true to our friendship after yes. graduation always kept in touch and I'm I'm just super happy to have you here today. Thanks so much. I'm so happy to be here. So as anyone listening may be aware of in the news, in the past couple of weeks we've suffered great tragedy but also a great just reawakening of what has always existed in our society which is racism, um, systemic racism, whether it's uh, your own biases that you maybe were not conscious of and it's just something that was instilled in you since your upbringing. It's something that, you know, has always existed for years and it's, you know, finally coming to a true light where everyone is asked to show up and uh, basically show your actions and how you're going to prevent this from continuing on. And Camille had the great privileged to be on Meet the Press on NBC News this past week. So cool. (laughs) And interviewing the uh, president and CEO of the NAACP, Derek Johnson. Camille, how was that? 
Uh, thanks so much, Lexi. It was um, a really incredible opportunity for me. Um, I'm still in school. I'm a rising senior at UF, and I studied journalism and education. So being able to be on Meet the Press's College Roundtable, you know, was kind of merged the best of both worlds for me because I love journalism, but then I also love education and amplifying voices of college students, but especially in this moment as a um, Black woman who is a student journalist, being able to be a part of that conversation and be in that like virtual room via Zoom yeah. with um, President Johnson was really incredible and impactful for me because the NAACP is the nation's largest and longest running civil rights organization. And right now, you know, even though they've existed since like 1909, um, right now is going to be, 2020 is going to be a huge year on their timeline. This is a big, big deal. Um, and it's a, it's a huge moment for me on so many different levels. So I was so appreciative to have just like 15 minutes of his time to get his take on this, especially as this watershed moment relates to college students and college campuses. I definitely feel like watching that, even though I wasn't, even though I'm not a college student anymore, it's still, it's still important to have, you know, your pulse on what's happening, especially in college campuses, because I feel like college is such an, like, it's an important point of anyone's life, yeah. if you are fortunate enough to go, and it's, you know, to be going to college now, during this time, it's, going to be I mean a whole new place I think everyone was expecting college to be different due to you know COVID-19 after that's mm -hmm. been um, handled but with this as well it's going to be a whole new change beyond just surface level so I feel like that's going to be really exciting it's going to be interesting but um, I mean I can't even imagine going back to campus in fall so I mean props to you. <laughs> um, I think I think it's so cool too from like a perspective of like this four-year window of time in your life like where you started um, enrolling in 2017 and kind of what the country was like we were at the beginning or sort of beginning of a new administration um, like there was still there wasn't this I feel like big of momentum about change even though it was really needed and a lot of reshaping uh, was needed to be done and I just think it's so cool that you're going to be kind of wrapping your college career but simultaneously like coming into you know the world as a young individual like at this time I just think it's um just like really powerful for really everyone it it absolutely is and I feel really grateful that I have this I'm, I'm always friends with people who are older than me so I'll always fall under this like false notion that like oh I'm a senior too like oh like what for the past two years <laughs> Girl, I thought you graduated last year exactly no. like, for sure, I was <laughs> no. like wait aren't you like coming up to start your, your new job in New York and you're like Lexi I, I still have another year of college left no you've always been 10 steps ahead of the game and I think uh, it makes you a leader in this too which is really yeah. um, insightful and, and cool to watch as your yeah. as your theoretical older sister <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much and, th and that's exactly how I feel about it you know I think that the senior year for me is going to be monumental in so many ways but I think that I'm really poised um, 
to be able to be that that leader and to be able to have that voice that I feel like the past three years I've really been preparing for. Um, and not, none of us could have planned for what this year is looking like, but I, mm-hmm. I really feel up to that challenge. So yeah. I'm excited to have that time. No, what, sure. what actions do you feel are necessary to take on college campuses moving forward as we think more closely about this time and kind of like the call for change that's so necessary? Um, how do you think college campuses can move forward alongside this? That's a great question. And, and in a lot of the things that I've done, like in reporting and um, just like studying universities and the way that they function and how educational institutions function, oftentimes like here's the way that things work. It's like something bad happens. Like someone, there's like a, a hate crime that happens, someone experiences terrible racism or, you know, whatever it is, a moment happens at an educational institution. And then if, it, if needed, there is often an investigation that happens, but then also um, universities will release these statements being like, we are X, Y, and Z. We are an inclusive campus. We like celebrate diversity. We whatever, whatever, whatever. They'll send out that email blast and then they'll be like, okay, and we're also going to create a task force and like a think tank. And basically um, these minds are going to come together and try and solve whatever the issue is. And, you know, in this case, it's obviously racial injustice. And that's how things have really functioned for a a long time and that's kind of been accepted as the status quo but um i am really hopeful that universities and college campuses and really all institutions everywhere can get past that notion of the think tank and get past that notion of you know let's say that we're gonna do this and like let's kind of do it for a little bit while it's a hot button issue but then when people forget about it and move on with their lives like we don't actually have to follow through that's how things tend to happen but I think what's different about this moment is like especially among our generation I just don't see that being accepted I do not think that people are going to turn away from this and the, a new topic is going to be the topic of the moment next week. So I'm really hopeful that um, college campuses think structurally like about, okay, not only is the institution of the University of Florida meant for us to go through the motions and graduate with our degree, I really think that it's also about how do we make sure that our students are better people when they graduate than when they got here? And what steps are we taking, you know, in our general education courses, but also how are we infusing um, anti like racist um, curriculum into every single classroom because it's relevant everywhere across the board. Um, And I'm a huge proponent of education, obviously. So I think that that is what I would really want to see um, because I also don't necessarily believe in implicit bias trainings or one hour diversity seminars. Those, those have proven ineffective. Um, So I think it's really that it's really that it has to be taken on in such a way that it is just like at the forefront um, and not, not ignored and not turned away from. And I definitely agree with you there. It's like in every classroom, it needs to be 
instilled there and just become second nature just because you know like you said sometimes I feel like people you know especially too I feel like on campuses those diversity trainings are sometimes kind of given as not to say it's a punishment to learn about diversity training but like it's kind of a reactionary suggestion where it's like oh you guys acted up complete this training the end you get to continue on as you were and like you said it's most of the time ineffective I feel like people can just easily bounce back and then be like okay yeah I sat through that but like did you really think it and I think that's something that these past two weeks and you know for many weeks and months and years after should people be sitting and listening with themselves or I saw someone pointed out where you know they wanted to have the discussion with their parents you know why why is it okay for black people to be killed for their skin color like topics like that and you know specifics like that and someone a black woman on instagram and i'm blanking on her name but uh she did a little sit down on her igtv and she basically was saying like you need to sit back and yes like have those discussions if for some reason you haven't had them ever in your lifetime that's a little scary because it's been our truth from the day you were born but then also sit back and think well how have i acted in these racist way because most of the time i'm sure people have acted in racist ways whether it was intentional or not it's happened and you have to kind of sit back and like reflect on your own and be like well how can i move forward to either a call out someone when I see it and call out myself. Cause I think that's where a lot of people are slipping into two categories where they're being like, you know, the whistleblower, but then they're not even stopping to truly educate themselves. And then they may end up slipping. Um, that's just been something that I'm like, I'm hoping people truly latch on to educating themselves and then to, to an educational um, institutions, they set that up as well. Also, in that sentiment, like the importance of education, it's education that actually makes people feel powerful and like they're going to actually enact change and use their own skills to make change happen. Like it just, it, it's only as natural as opening that up to all forms and I think all classrooms too. I, as soon as you said that, Camille, I like thought of, oh my gosh, like how many high, like, higher level business class courses did I take to get my marketing degree and like how far gone were like some of those discussions and not like really ever broached but then I'm entering a workforce in New York City in a diverse environment like in a place where that needs to be like at the forefront of all decisions and I need to know how to have my voice and like impact that so that I don't fall to the side of seeing microaggressions happen or stereotypes and really just like also maintaining industry standards that everyone should have the same um, access to information and you know sort of be able to build their career up from there. Absolutely and I think that I am like super hopeful that in um, like a handful of years that type of um, education is the norm, not the exception. I think that um, a number of universities will, um, you know, maybe rightfully so, like kind of like flex about how they offer all of these courses and do all of this work and whatever, whatever. But it's like at the end of the day, like right now, we are seeing just how 
um, much racism is intertwined with the backbone of this country. So there's so much work to be done with like everyone who is currently alive on this planet and in, in this country to undo that. And that's a huge undertaking. And I think it'll be a really cool moment once we can get to the place where it's normalized to be able to have those hard discussions about race in, in all spaces, but especially in classroom settings. Absolutely. I agree. I saw an interesting um, tweet because you know how Twitter, it's like they keep the news constant, but then yeah, sometimes they'll sprinkle in like a little humor when you need like that break. And there was one and I just like immediately, uh, I just like, I can't think of the word right now. I just like saw, I was like, oh, I've been there. And it was a picture where it's like, and now we're going to enter like our discussion on slavery in America. And it's just a whole yes. room of white children turned around at the camera. I'm yes. like, oh yeah, I've definitely had those stares before. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, the discussion on slavery, yes, very important. It should not end there. Right. And I feel like, I feel like definitely in history classes, it was like discussion on slavery, discussion on the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. get up to the 1960s and they're like okay like we did it guys we saved right. we saved the world from racism it's and it's like clearly kids adults that are living through it day to day know it's not the end but it's kind of like that weird you know setup where it's like well I learned in my book it's it got handled mm-hmm. and I feel like a lot of kids get kind of like set up in their mind that it's like it's done and it's like no it's not Um, that kind of inspires me to like think too and I feel like just seeing Gen Z and how kind of like how much momentum we pick up on and how we're just so like advocates and activists to like make things happen and to like make change happen that I can only hope and assume that Gen Alpha or whoever the tots (laughs) are and the next gen are have the same energy but that how um I mean, I'm sure we've all had teachers in our lives that have like impacted us in a meaningful way and like how more often than not you're, you look up to them to start those conversations and to really enact that sort of like movement within you to think differently and to think about biases and things that you need to change. So I just, yeah, it is my hope that like the discussion really expands more than from where it just is kind of like at the normal education level and it, it expands to be something a little more I think wide-ranging you know when, when you look at like teachers and what they're uh, or just like educators in general and like the types of certifications that they have to go through and things like that I think that this moment definitely proves just how essential it is for teachers to not only know how to teach their subject but know how to be there for their students and you know if, if, if we're gonna like be of the mindset that like we need to start prioritizing like good personhood then uh, you gotta look to the, the helpers and the educators to be able to like get us there yeah I love that I love that so in your final roundtable question to Princeton and Johnson he responded civil rights and social justice is not a competition it's a beautiful thing to see young people add their voice to the civil rights movement wherever they see its value. So with that in mind, where do you see your own voice being a value in service of racial justice 
on campus and how would you encourage your fellow classmates to follow your lead? I think that like my view on this kind of follows the trend of what we've been talking about already is I think that there's racial justice work to be done everywhere. So I think when I think about myself, um, a lot of the work that I've done for the past like four or five years has been really focused on education, education inequities, um, you know, institutionalized racism and, um, the experiences of vulnerable children who often are black and brown children. So that's a lot of the work that I do in journalism, but also like in the community service and nonprofit work that I do as well. But then you could look at anyone, you know, we could take an engineering student who is involved in XYZ organization and does, does mentoring or, or whatever they do. There's racial justice work that certainly can be done there to, um, get more black people in those spaces because I can guarantee you they're, they're underrepresented there. Um, and to think more critically about how um, racial injustice impacts things like civil engineering and, um, you know, the making of prosthetics and things like that. You know, I could, I could give a, a million examples, but I think that how I see it is it's like I do... Um, a ton of work surrounding racial justice, all kind of blanketed under the, the idea of education because that's my thing and everyone has their thing. Mm -hmm. So how I would, I like to use my voice to kind of show that that's my thing. And then I want to get back on campus and encourage people to examine whatever their thing is and how they in their space can for the, the conversation on racial justice and really take those tangible steps. And, and like Emily was saying, like be those like millennial Gen Z crossbreeds that are just like super like bold and willing to like actually go out and get it done and do yeah. it. Um, so that's, that's how I see it. That aspect of like, you know, impacting change and whatever it is you do is so important. And I think even a lesson to bring to like post-grad life of like, the industry you work in, like the day-to-day -day conversations and friend groups you're a part of, like where is it that you can kind of like find your niche, so to say, and then make it happen from there? Um, I think we, you know, started to touch on this earlier at the beginning of our conversation, but um, I just think it's really cool that you will be experiencing your senior year and graduating next spring and what is really like a pivotal moment of history unlike anything our generation has been a part of before and certainly, um, you know, moving forward. But what are you most hopeful for in terms of the impact the class of 2020, 2021, sorry, will have in the real world, um, having witnessed and participated in this call for change against systemic racism? I think that I'm just really hopeful that we keep it going and that we don't um, give up. I'm like from St. Louis. So Michael Brown was shot and killed seven miles from my home. And like I was in, I don't know, like 15 in high school and that like moment really erupted in my, in my own neighborhood and in my, in my own city, but it happened and then it was over and then things just went back to the way that they were before and I think like witnessing that and then also like being in St. Louis again now, 
and seeing, you know, similar-ish things happening in terms of like protests and conversations and things like that. But this time it just really feels different. Um, and this time it, these conversations are really being led by those same people that I went to high school with. Um, and, you know, we were in high school during Ferguson and after in the wake of Michael Brown's murder. But now, you know, it, it, it's, it's happening again, but in a different way. And so I think I'm really hopeful for the class of 2021 is that we like don't let go of this and that like everyone, whether they are like a black person and have the personal experience that really makes them not want to let go of this, are there anyone um, just that we can have the type of like empathy and good personhoodness to be able to say like, no, like the light needs to stay on this. Yeah. Um, so that's what I, that's what I would 100%. love to see. Keep that light on. Keep the light on. Don't complain say. about the energy. Mm-mm. Put on the gas. Yeah. Put on the gas. <laughs> yeah. Put on the gas and don't remove it. Um, no. <laughs> when no. I think about the kind of driver I am, that's a scary thought, but put on the gas, <laughs> metaphorically. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, I know from a personal standpoint, it's the week when George Floyd was murdered, like that. Like you said, it just felt different. And I think it did, it still took a a day or two for it to truly hit me because unfortunately it's not the first black person we've heard of being murdered by the police. And it's awful that it was still, it's still happening. Um, But like you said, it was like something different. I don't know if it's because I'm a little bit older now. I don't know if it's because it's just like, we're surrounded by so many people that you know not afraid to share their opinion but also share ways that they can help and resources and how you can grow and how you can learn and unlearn what's you know wrong and like you said i really feel like um it's important to keep that light on and you know six months a year down the road it's like we can look back and be like are we still thinking these and you know important thoughts and we still having these conversations to this day so it's going to be interesting to look in the future i thought i was interested to look in the future for post-covid 19 life but like yeah. <laughs> no black lives matter um, absolutely so i think that wraps up our questions um, yeah no that was great it was awesome. so nice hearing from you and you just are so insightful and so intelligent and amazing and it's just so um like I said, as your quote-unquote big sister, as I say, um, it's really, um, it's inspiring to see all you're doing, and I'm so excited for your senior year ahead. I mean, just oh, have fun. Yeah, yeah, super proud of you, girl. Love you Thank forever. Thank you. Love you both. And I hope your journey and path is taking you back to New York. <laughs> Well, thank you for joining us, Camille. We love having you. We'll leave your socials and any information you love us to have in the bio, we'll add it there. And everyone, keep going. Don't lose your gas. Don't lose your focus. Like, this is very Keep important. The light on. Keep the light on. Black Lives Matter. They have mattered, and they will always matter. Um, thank you. Thank, thank you, guys. You.